What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Blue Jays fans, how the hell are you on a week of what is just been sheer mayhem on Toronto Blue Jays Twitter and goofing around and whatnot. There's a lot going on with this big trade that just happened. Still plenty to talk about, even though it's been about six days since we uh, had our last episode and since all this news broke. Um, tonight with me, we have Jason Lyons. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He's on vacation and having too much fun on a beach somewhere. Um, I have my co-host with me, Ken Alfred. Ken, how are we doing this evening? Doing all right, Craig. Glad to be back. Hope everyone had a great holiday season. Yep, and we got our one Christmas gift, I guess, at this point. <laughs> I guess we're going to talk about that and see how it goes. Because, like I said, it's about a 50-50 split about Blue Jays uh, universe with us. Also tonight from Jays Journal, a uh, writer for about two years with them, uh, David Salaturo. How are you doing, bud? Great. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking about Blue Jays, Dalton Marshall, whatever. Whatever goes up. <laughs> exactly so and that's exactly what's going on it seems to be a whatever came up all of a sudden in blue jays land here because the trade has happened and i'm going to start off first by saying saying ain't so mr atkins you know we lost one of uh two of our favorite players over the last few years here one more recent than the other and gabriel moreno and the lordis guriel jr has turned into a very big fan favorite with the pineapple shaped hair and all those i think uh dan bot on julie jay's twitter is going to be the most heartbreaking is any of you guys have seen the ball games he's the one that dresses up as the pineapple and sits pretty much right behind home plate <laughs> so my heart's out for you dan losing your probably your favorite player at the moment but to that point we do have something coming back in dalton Marshall, who is a very power-oriented left beat or left-handed outfielder so that's the trade but i want to gauge your guys feelings at the moment because like i said this has been a very controversial trade as far as the blue jays universe is concerned and fandom um david we're going to start with you what have you been seeing over at jays journal because this is, seems to be a very 50 50 pro or con part of the trade going on i think people recognize what a player they're getting in Marshall, but are also sad to see Goriel go such a fan favorite here. He's actually the longest tenured position player on the team. That is true. Even not not even that old. So, but getting in Varsho is an elite defender. He led all the fielders and also above average last year. Him and Tiermeyer are going to form a incredible outfield and left field and center. So we hear lots of Atkins talk about run prevention all the time. So the starting pitchers will We'll love having both people go out to the out there catching balls. Yeah. Ken, how about you? How have you been gauging the uh thermometer on the Blue Jays fandom lately after his trade? Wait a minute, Lawrence is gone? When? 
<laughs> but uh no like I, I was very surprised as well i'll be honest like i I'm, like i said i'm only familiar with just jays right so as the casual fan here i only care about the jays so when we have other players coming in i, I kind of look to to like yourselves like the experts say okay who are who are we getting back are they any good right because i'm assuming we, we must have got them for a reason now obviously it is tough like you said i'm gonna see the pineapple and you know, with Mourinho, it was really weird because I know for the last few weeks, uh, Craig, we've been discussing out of the three catchers that were, you know, that we had, which was a good problem to have for the Jays. Like, who? what are we going to do with one of them's going to have to go? And for some reason, we always kept bouncing back. And I don't think Mourinho was the one we would have thought of. I always thought it was going to be Jansen, maybe Kirk. But uh, I thought Mourinho was, like, going to be our, our, our go-to guy in the future, right? So I was very surprised about that. With Morel, with, with Morel's leaving also big uh big hit obviously because like you said he's like fans love him you know and then i know that uh his, his production was, was pretty decent so this can be a miss but i guess with dalton coming in i had to try to figure out okay who is this guy where is he coming from it does look You're like the only one in blue jay station that said who the hell is this has the tonight's <laughs> episode is what the bar show <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think honestly hearing from what he's what he can do uh, obviously, we got him for the defense. We got him for at least hitting at least 20-plus home runs. He hits around over 20-some-odd uh, doubles, which I know Jay, we talked about before. If we can get at least hitters that can get uh, you know more than just a single, that does help. But uh, my concern for Varsho, his batting average hasn't been the greatest. I think it's down like less than like 230-something at this point. 235 last year. 235 last year. Okay. And the projection yeah. seems to be like, all right, he's going to hit another 20-plus home run. But his average ain't going to go up by that much. So, you know, as long as he uh, can prevent runs, I think we're okay. When we get to the point of talking purely on Dalton Bar show, I got some things I want to drop on both of you. And I'm sure you got plenty of things that we can chit chat about too. But let's talk what we gave up first. And then we'll talk Dalton and does it really equal? Is I think what most Blue Jays fans are currently spinning their wheels on. Because we gave up two guys that we really, really like for one guy who. Like you said, bad 235. <laughs> and so there's some this going on, right? Which way are the scales tipping? And I think, unfortunately, the Blue Jays fans over the last few years have gotten very used to the fact that we win trades. Josh Donaldson, Matt Chapman, <laughs> and so on and so forth. So getting a trade like this and having it already look like it's possibly steering in the wrong direction might be the issue. <laughs> but I digress. We gave up Morris Gurriel Jr., who has been, as we mentioned, one of the fan favorites in this uh, clubhouse, along with in the clubhouse, one of the, I'd say, court gestures, you know, between him and Teoscar Hernandez, it seemed like the, them paired with Vladdy was just the reason that the dugout always had that loose feeling to it. My worry was in the midst of losing Lourdes, yes, he didn't have the power numbers that we were expecting him to have, but the guy batted 300 almost this past year. Had some really, really clutch hits, including a grand slam. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Ken, how are you feeling it, that maybe the dugout is suffering from this piece or, you know, maybe not being in the mix with Vlad now? Oh, it's going to be a it's going to be a change for sure. Right. Like we, we lost to Oscar Hernandez. Like you said, that him and Lourdes were, were basically, the, like you said, they kept it lighthearted. Now, I think that kind of shifts the theme of say, OK, you're one of the best hitting teams last year. We were loose. Really got to clamp down on defense, guys. So we got to step it up a bit more because, you know, whether it's winning a division or making the playoffs at this time is not enough. You need to progress past the wild card, right? As long as the fans are seeing we're moving one step closer to the World Series, then, you know, as much as we don't like losing players like this, there has to be a reason for it. So if the theme is our bats are still going to be as strong, but we're just got to ramp up the defense a bit more. That's what it's going to be, I guess, right? Yeah, that's that would be the big thing. Because even at that point, Morris had great defense. One of the best arms in Blue Jays history. It's fucking cannon. Go goes monster. Um, Ken, I have to ask, did you look up that Jesse Barfield highlight that I asked you to look up? Ah, uh, I missed it. Uh, <laughs> last week. I will try next time. <laughs> but he threw it really far. That's all I'm going to look at. So. Basically, Barfield threw it from the right field fence and threw a guy at home on one hop. It was slightly nuts. <laughs> so, oh, third base, not home plate, third base. But either way, that's a stretch just say yes, <laughs> so it is um david going back to 
the Lourdes thing. How do you feel like this is going to affect the clubhouse as far as the culture that we've amassed over the last few years with these guys all coming up together and Lourdes being one of them? Well, they're like in the big league. These guys are all like Vlad Jr., Bo, Kevin Biggio, they're all entering their fourth year in the big league. Like, they have to get acclimated to what it's going to be like. People are going to come in, going to come out. Yep. So they've been around the big leagues their, their entire lives, really. So they, they understand the business of the game. And to that point, at least even to that point, Gurriel's been around the game his whole entire life too. His dad being a monster Cuban baseball player that never was able to make that transition due to you know fun with politics. <laughs> so, um, but his son's being able to come to the U.S. and Yuli being an Astro has been an also a great play. Who's also currently a free agent, everybody. So don't forget that one. <laughs> so. There is that, but Lourdes, what I thought was a great piece for this team and really was that kind of that guy that kept everybody loose. I'm hoping that somebody can step into that role, whether that's Danny Jansen's also slightly a goofball. I've had the pleasure of meeting him, things like that, maybe not the same extent, <laughs> but there are those kind of things like that too that could be going on. I just worry that the... I don't want to see the the whole culture of that dugout shift away from the, you know, not letting things get too serious. And I'm worried right. that you just traded the parts that were, you know, helping these guys shake out of a slump and not going too far down the Boba Shet slamming bats and <laughs> things avenues. But well, I guess we're going to find out. Um, to, to your point, oh, you got something? God, no, no, just not in my head. <laughs> so, Ken, you brought up another interesting point that I wanted to talk about, Gabriel Moreno. Moreno was the top prospect in this organization at this point didn't have a clear spot, but if you traded one of the catchers, he was easily the backup guy. <laughs> um, I would say that his trade clout was on the same level as Danny Jansen. And maybe that's just, you know, a team like the diamondbacks obviously is looking to build for the future. So the guy with a couple of extra years of control in Mourinho makes some sense to a team that's rebuilding. Um, David, were you surprised that Mourinho was the catcher included in this trade? I was. Captain Ben, Mourinho was the number one prospect, not just on the Blue Jays, but in all of baseball last year. People like this just aren't traded that often. I even went back and looked up what, what the Cardinals gave up for Nolan Arenado, what the Mets gave up for Lindor. Was it, they didn't trade the top prospects. So, so it wasn't. It is a very valid point. Yeah. So Mourinho leaving was a bit of a shock. At the end of the day, you have two established catchers already, Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk. Marshall is even to play catch, play catcher. So that's I'm wondering if we actually got him because as a like as another catcher that we had. I'm not too sure. I've never seen a an outfielder also be a catcher in as a back. I don't know how that's gonna work. It's nice that guys are, are cross-trained in a few different things, like infield, outfield, but catching I thought was always something very like a unique kind of thing. Especially in the point where they come into spring training, Ken, I think they're they're going to have to get Varsho some reps with the pitcher just to be, you know, just so he's familiar with them. Because I think what's going to end up happening, you're going to end up having Kirk in the lineup and Jansen in the lineup now. And then you're going to have Varsho in the outfield <laughs> to start a game. If you get in that weird pinch now, you t the team's been talking about flexibility and defense <laughs> since the Atkins and Shapiro era started. <laughs> You're talking about not having to sacrifice that DH spot just because you were you had to move the DH and Alejandro Kirk or Jansen to the catcher spot and leave that spot open technically, which in Major League Baseball rules would make the, that spot an automatic out the next time it came around the lineup, which is why they were carrying three catchers the majority of this season. So if you all of a sudden have a guy that can just come in from the outfield, <laughs> backup catch for the last inning, that's the kind of flexibility they got all of a sudden. So, David, do you see Varsho kind of doing what I said, running in the spring with just getting a few reps, just a release with the bullpen guys, I would think? Just to, yeah, you know, build, be that backup. Build some camaraderie with the pitchers, learn their, learn their, uh, learn what they're good at, what kind of pitches to throw. So, I could see Varsho getting some innings to the catcher this year, definitely. I think it's that pull that kind of like, Breaking case of emergency situation, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, backup parachute, but, basically. Yeah. Better than, a, better than a Zach Collins and a Tyler Hyman. 
<laughs> exactly. As much as Zach Collins ended up being a cult favorite in Blue Jays fandom there for a bit, um, it was interesting to see, but there was no way in hell that was going to sustain you. Know, we were riding hot streak for as long as we were there. I'm actually, I don't remember how many games. Uh, oh, he actually got, wow, I was surprised by that. He actually got into 31 games last year as a catcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Really? That's a that's a good chunk of games out of 162 game season. Now, are those like how do they classify that? Is it when he if he does like we said a backup thing where they just put him in, or is like he has to start to get like credit for that game? He has to play that position to get credit for it. But I'm okay. leaning in the other of that because it was also 175 innings worth according to BaseballReference.com. Oh. So that was a good chunk of innings. I couldn't remember, but I remembered him playing a sizable amount. But to that point, he played 103 games in the outfield. So mostly in right field and center. So that was pretty good. That's what the Blue Jays are asking for, I think, in this situation. Because let's, so now that we're on topic, let's talk Dalton Varsha. <laughs> so the guy that comes back, and that's oh. exactly what all Blue Jays fans, I think, did. Because just to be this, I didn't know Dalton Varsho. And I was one of those guys that I'm a minor league enthusiast. So I watch a lot of minor league baseball, too. And just because he plays, he grew up in the Pacific League, which is the opposite side of the country. It went through that division and whatnot. I didn't really get a lot of Dalton Varsho. And then the Diamondbacks kind of being a crummy team the last few years, you just don't. It's not making Major League Baseball headlines what Dalton Varsho was doing last year in Arizona. And to that point, you also, the Blue Jays fans were like, oh, look at this. They show the card on all the social media, what he did last year. You see him batting 235. It's like, <laughs> where's the rest of it, right? <laughs> um, so what they got back in return at two David's point here was they got kind of generated a 4.9 war last year and mostly his defense because he was i believe a runner up for the outfield gold glove or did he end up winning does anybody recall that off the top of their head i, 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 I want to say it was a runner up yeah like he was I in contention i believe yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in the consideration just as much as like lordness was in the american league just saying yeah <laughs> so but um he played a great center field like i said had a great defensive war and in a crummy lineup he managed to produce 74 rbis and yeah. stole 16 bases and scored 79 times yeah seven so, home runs not a bad uh, so obviously he can hit the ball it's just maybe we're worried about the consistency is what we're th the concern right if that was a 250 260 average then maybe it would be like oh, okay we got a pretty you know there's not too much concern from that perspective right yeah my initial review of this trade was like, did we just trade for left-handed Randall Gritchick again? Because that was, that's how I felt. I, I really didn't know what to think of it. I'm like, okay, great. We got another power hitting outfielder that can play defense. You know, <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. I don't know uh, what your guys' initial reactions were, but I'd be very curious to hear what you guys thought initially when you saw the new trade. Uh, I think, I think Barcio is exactly what time pitcher type of player the Blue Jays needed. You know, left hand bat, he hit 27 home runs. So every Blue Jay who's left hand in the last year hit 20 combined. So he hit more by himself. Yeah. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> so I think it, but combined with and and just to be this person, you're the one that literally is playing devil to my advocate right now. <laughs> because <laughs> I was sitting there, like I said, thinking, why did I just pay for Randall Gritchick with two pros, two great guys? <laughs> so, and then, as I mentioned, I've slowly been digging more and more into Dalton Varsho, and I'm finding not just things that make me happy about the trade, but I'm getting excited of what he could do in the American League. And to that point that he was able to produce in a giant ballpark like the Arizona Diamondbacks field and all of those Amer National League West ballparks that are just caverns. You're talking to you have to play against the Giants 30 games last year, basically. And that's one of the biggest ballparks in all of baseball as far as, you know, outfield-like area. And he's still mad to hit that many home runs and driving that those kind of runs in that ballpark, in those ballparks. I think it's kind of exciting. I'm trying to find the next thing that I'm going to show you guys here and wow you with it if you hadn't seen it. But to that point, um, Ken, what was your initial reaction other than who the hell is Dalton Barsh? <laughs> well, I think, like I said, the first thing was who, because I was like, I, I said, I don't really know a lot of players outside of whoever we have now, right? And then, of course, whoever you and Jason bring up during the show, right? It's like, oh, Nimmo, 
you know, all these guys, I was like, oh, okay. So I'd like to learn from those guys. So when I when I just started looking into Barsho, it's like, okay, you definitely got him for his defense because I know that's a big theme that uh, looks like Atkins is really pushing towards is making sure and left-handed, like you said, David. So it seems like almost everyone we're trying to pick up now is either somehow left-handed, which I guess is a, is a something we definitely are, are lacking from previous. But I think I've been watching a lot of videos from a lot of other people kind of giving, hearing their thoughts on it. I'm, and I'm on the fence of like, okay, I find a lot more people that seem to be for the trade versus against the trade, right? Because aside from that initial, who is he? They're like looking into it. It's like, okay, he's, gonna, he's definitely going to be one of our defensive presence that we're going to need. And our outfield is going to be very strong as well uh, from a defensive perspective. So I'm thinking, all right, let's give him a shot, right? Because how many times, like, I don't know if you guys remember, this is, I'm going to use a basketball analogy. Back when the Raptors first started in the NBA, Everyone was expecting, I remember this from a long time ago, back in 93, 94, whenever the Raptors said they were coming. There was this uh, UCLA star, I think his name was Ed O'Bannon. He was the one that all the sports stations were saying, that's who the Raptors are going to pick for the first player ever that's going to be a Raptors uh, player. And they picked a guy by the name of Damon Stoudemire. And we're like, who the hell is Damon Stoudemire? And he was like the franchise for the first few years of the season. So, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards it. Okay, I'm, he may not have a lot of hype around him, Let's hope he really he gels well with the team and produces what he can, what he normally does. As long as he's holding the line of 20-plus home runs, driving in the runs, and he's stopping a lot of runs or reducing the amount of runs we're giving up, I think the fans are going to be more like, as opposed to Dustin who, or sorry, uh, Varsho who would be like, uh, Dalton, sorry, <laughs> I'd be like, all right, he's done. we want a jersey kind of thing, right? So I'm on, I'm on the optimistic side because I'd like to think we wouldn't just get a player for the sake of just getting someone who hits left-handed. You yeah. know, I, I don't want that to be the only criteria that... Uh, I think we've actually yeah. talked about that a little bit on this show. Gary's <laughs> <laughs> right-handed or left-handed. Can he hit? <laughs> Can he hit? Can he play defense? I think that's the most important thing, right? Yep. I quote... Uh, crap. Brad Pitt. I quote, I quote Brad Pitt. Can he get on base? <laughs> so... To that point, uh, David, what are you thinking now that you've had time to simmer in on the Dalton Bar Show fun here and get excited about it before I show you this cool thing that I found on Blue Jays Twitter here that I'm going to give some uh, fun here and uh, just make you all go, what? <laughs> but What's your... People who are against the trade are hooked up on the, on the low average, but I think there's actually plenty of reasons to expect that it actually go up. Remember, last year was his first full year in the main that he's still just 26, still just using his drawing. He's also the most extreme pull hitter in the league, and next year they're batting the shift. He actually he only hit 269 and uh, put in play, which is below average. So any any regression towards the mean would have his batting average go up. So I think I think it'll do better this year with the CJ. I think there's a few other things that are leaning in the right direction with Dalton Varsha, who... I'm just going to put this out there because also Blue Jays fans might not be aware, but he was a second round pick in 2017 by the Arizona Diamondbacks. So you don't miss on second round picks very often. <laughs> if you're doing it badly, you're not drafting well for your team. And I'm going to just point to the JP Riccardi area who we screwed up every first round, second round, third round, fifth <laughs> pick and didn't get anybody moving into this franchise. But to that point, we're getting the prime of Dalton Barr show here and going to be able to, you know, have him in that same area, probably in the lineup that we've been tinkering and toying around where Matt Chapman sits behind the main guys and the thumpers and whatnot. But he's also the left-handed bat that could squeeze in right behind Vladdy and just make you pitch to Vlad. <laughs> you know, it's going to make things very interesting. And the fact that he is an under, he's not a free agent until the 2020 set after the 2026 season so he's gonna be a blue jay for just a little bit <laughs> just so what, what was the what was the amount david that we spent on him uh right now he's making the we didn't spend anything other than lourdes and Moreno on him but he's making a mere two million dollar almost three million dollars right now according to sports track wow so cheap because we were paying i think lourdes 10 is the other part of that, which is part of the reason in the midst of this, I'm assuming that he got included into the trade. And Lourdes is a free agent up there. That is also correct. So okay. it, it's a, he has a weird loophole that he technically is on track for two more seasons, but he also could get out of his contract this year and go to free agency. So 
he had it because of being the international free agent, he was able to do some different things with his uh, career to start off with as far as money and financials go than you wouldn't get from the regular Major League Baseball draft as far as things outside signing bonuses and whatnot. So this is what I wanted to share with you guys. I'm going to share my screen with you here, and I'm going to let you right. absorb this spray chart here <laughs> Oh, that's okay. overlaid with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays dome. So... Here we go. I'm going to try this for the first time. <laughs> so this is his spray chart. I don't know how well you can see it. Yep. But the outfield here is not where he played this past season. So all these little knots out here, that would be home runs, are showing up as things like singles, doubles, outs. <laughs> Look at how many extra things go around the fence in the Rogers Center. I can't say it goes over it. Because I would imagine some of these singles were those ones that just really struck and hitting off the walls, even in Arizona. But that's at least ten more home runs. Yeah, <laughs> I would think. That's, that's <laughs> now, now, Craig, can you make this happen? That, that's the question. Can you make it happen during the season? Um, I don't have a voodoo doll, or <laughs> whatever the inverse of that is, to, to be able to make him hit this. But we talked about. Lourdes having a 300 average a little bit ago, but not having the thunder to really do anything but accentuate the bottom of the lineup and just score runs, right? This is what the Blue Jays management's overlooking. And this is, by the way, public information on uh, MLB.com slash Savant. So this is all the stat nerds having a freaking holiday. And somebody here, uh, James G here, was able to overlay it with the Toronto Blue Jays ballpark after the trade and did a really nice job of taking all that information here that like I said is free information and doing the proper like job with this. But like I said, there's a lot of these, there's two outs right there. There's another couple outs. Those are those are at least singles. <laughs> so that 235 average in the American League East is probably 260 to 70, maybe. Which, which is what I'm hoping we want, right? Which <laughs> you want that? I got count at least seventeen or eighteen dots that have passed over the fence in this chart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's <laughs> slight, slightly crazy level. I like I, I just I assume we were going to get the Josh Donaldson effect a little bit in this whole thing. You're not going to get the 2015 MVP, but there is something to be said about coming from those Western ballparks in the American League or the National League into the tiny little tiny ballparks that are in the American League in the East especially you know Baltimore moved their fence back in the wrong season because they want to help <laughs> but there is that whole situation that it's just this is the kind of thing that if you're building a team and looking for this I was honestly just surprised that there was as many balls this way for him being a left-handed batter because you David, you mentioned it. He's a dead pole hitter. And with us, no more shifting crazy this whole season, which we still haven't heard the rules on yet. Um, you know, a lot of these even, these ones that are just going to the outfield, those are in the gap yeah. that you're talking about now, not right at a left or a center fielder. I don't think it's, if he, re if he can reproduce this, I think you're looking at a guy that looks more like a 260 hitter in the American league and with our lineup, being able to get on base in front of them, you're talking somewhere approaching a hundred RBIs, maybe not a hundred, but I wouldn't be against the idea of throwing 15 on top of his 72 from last year and seeing that. But like I said, he has to reproduce this. If he can do that, then he's going to look like the best trade in Blue Jays history in recent <laughs> years. Uh, I won't say that Mourinho isn't going to be an all-star because he's been compared no. to everybody and their brother as a catcher from Pudge to Mike Piazza. So <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. Go ahead, Ken. Sorry, I just had a quick question. This is just a general question here. So ball ballparks. So what is it, the main difference? Are you saying that it, in the NL League, the NL League, the NL, sorry, are yeah. the stadiums actually bigger? And then the, I always thought stadiums had to be built to kind of like general specs and stuff like that. So, so there's not too much change. There might be a slight deviation, but is that how it works there between the AL and the NL in terms of the stadiums? It's, it's more of a happenstance. They're all built to 
a certain standard, right? But okay. that doesn't mean that the gaps and where the ball plays to and all those kind of things line up perfectly. It's like it, like how it's a known fact that the thin air in Denver, Colorado for the Rockies leads to more home runs. There's things like that, but it is general. I'm going to see if I can pull it up. It's to this point, Ken, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, so I just want to show um and see and i have this wonderful toy here that i can actually share everything like a freaking teams meeting now (laughs) um this is espn.com tracks this and this is one of those things that they call park metrics okay park factors so these are the kind of things that they weight what the easiest ballparks in baseball are to score runs in which ones that are it's easier to score home runs in so on and so forth and as you see here um, as I mentioned a minute ago, just a few more runs per game are scored in Coors Colorado, uh, Denver. <laughs> so, but as you see that, if you go starting to look through the top runs producing ballparks, it's not a surprise that you see Fenway Park on here with the Green Monster. And just as you keep going down here, you start all of a sudden running into all of the American League East ballparks in the top parts. So, and there's the Rogers Center at 20. And mind you, that's just runs. You flip flop it to home runs this is where you start seeing a lot more of the american league ballparks especially the east being all right on top of each other the blue jays and the boston red sox being in 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 a down year for the red sox still being in the top 10 (laughs) things like that and then you start getting to where the Bronx bombers are and whatnot so it is kind of a they all happen to be in our division is what it comes down to ken okay David, do you have anything you want to add to that as far as how that might play in the Blue Jays' favor for what we're getting with Dalton Barshow? I know that take of Barshow hitting in the short porch in Yankee Stadium for 10 games this year. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other catch, too. It's 10 games this year, not um, 15, almost 20, like we've done the last few years. Hmm. So, interesting. <laughs> What do you guys think of my fun with numbers? <laughs> I think you're having a little too much fun there, Craig. Just letting you know. I am an engineer by day. Just... <laughs> I was so... telling my wife about you, and, and I said, oh, he's in robotics. Like, wow, so he's a smart techie guy, right? I'm like, I used to baseball. baseball there. there with, a bat, with a bad shoulder, I can't throw over 30 anymore. <laughs> so, but to that point, so fellas, is there anything else that you've discovered in your researching or whatnot on Dalton Varshow that you would like to gush on as far as, like I said, anything that pops in your mind about what you thought stood out on why the Blue Jays apparently targeted him since day one in the offseason is what I was reading today. Well, it just kind of got me thinking, Craig, and you, you mentioned that and sorry, we got him for what two million? Well, two we're million. keeping him for two million dollars, basically. Okay, almost three, I think, was what it said a minute ago. Are we actually saving that money? I feel like we've been for a lot of these swimsuit check, sunscreen check, phone charger check. Don't forget to pack the five hour energy, it fits great in a pocket or carry on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now, get 20% off when you use code 5HE travel at 5hourenergy.com. Expires April 30th. One time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HE travel to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're getting rid of guys who, like you said, 10 plus million, like for Lords Jr. and all these other ones. And I think we had Kilmeyer for what, nine? Like less than nine or something? something and like now that. we, yeah, now we have this guy for two and, uh, and stuff like that. So are we saving some money that we're going to try to try to reach out after someone else? Or are like we you're getting... raiding my cards? You're cheating into my schedule here, my friend. <laughs> the cards. What I'm cards? just playing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm kind of curious about because it sounds like we're unloading some not high priced, but more pricier players. We're getting players that we're not, they're not going to be paying them as much, at least for this year. So I'm wondering if that's like we're just trying to save some bank on it just to maybe pursue another player and maybe like another all-star before the season starts. I don't I don't know. Just that's what it sounds like. Well, they also gave uh, 20 million a year to Chris Bass. Oh, we gave him 20. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something to where you're going, though, Ken. And I think uh, David's starting to see put my pieces put together here while my brain's steering in the right direction here. You might have a little extra money or at least known capital over the next few years that you might be able to start playing around with some other ideas. Those other ideas are that you need to keep the core that you have together. So now you have Dalton Varshow, uh, Kevin Kiermaier, I'm one year, not worried about <laughs> Chris Bassett, Barrios, Manoa, all these, there's some other guys here that we're going to have to start paying. <laughs> and Right now, if I was going to just throw a giant brick of money at somebody, I'm sorry to say I'm putting my money on Alec Manoa right now, and I'm not even thinking about it. Just give him whatever he wants for the next four years. Make sure he's a Blue Jay for the next four years. Iron it out. But to that point, he's also in control for the next three seasons, I believe. So you don't have to give him that. But it might make him happy and be that much of an all-star that he is already to even the next level because now he goes that's right i'm getting paid for this i'm gonna keep that going because he's got that workhorse crazy mentality or pay vlad pay Bo, those kind of things david do you think that's something to the cooking that we got going on here with yeah. some of the money i was thinking about watching the reaction of red sox fans when bogart's left so the quick panic in boston of what yeah. i was thinking that's gonna happen to the Bougie. It's sort of a lesson for what they have to do. They have to, they have to get Vlad and Bo, Bo refined. It's going to be, it's going to be just another couple of years. So that's a lesson for what they have to look forward to next year. Yeah, and in the midst of that, too, they're going to have to continue to pay out arbitration to now Kirk and Jansen, who continue to trend up. So I would say that they're on that list too. Jansen's in arbitration as of this year where Kirk has got one more season that before we have to get him into that whole thing. But those are things that are on the radar for Blue Jays management that they're tracking. And they're like, okay, well, great. If our ceiling on the payroll is only this much, and maybe they are seeing that threshold, they're starting to approach of the luxury tax that we talked about last week, Ken, uh, that's currently set at $230 million, I believe, for team if they go over that threshold, they're going to have to start dishing out money to other teams. And I don't see the Blue Jays doing that at all. I think they get close to that line, dance in the line. And if they're this close to the playoffs or this close to thinking, hey, we got a World Series team, then maybe they'll cross the line for that season. But that's it. And then they'll find a way to dump that in the offseason. What do you guys think of that whole thing as far as the, the plethora of guys they're going to have to figure out how to lock up here in the next few seasons? Or did you take it first, David? <laughs> uh, you have to remember that the luxury tax it, it resets if you go down back below it after certain years. So, yeah, the Blue Jays aren't going to be Steve Cohen and the Mets. I think there's almost near a five hundred million this year with the luxury tax put on. Yeah, yep. pretty because they've done two or three years in a row now. Yeah. So that's the other catch. So it keeps piling on. <laughs> so, but go ahead, David. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was trying to agree with you. <laughs> so. Atkins is definitely thinking about cost flexibility, getting people with a lot of years left in control, like Marshall, or 40 more years of control rather than the Oscar and Lourdes, who both free agents up this year. So, mm-hmm. definitely a win now, but he's also thinking long term about what the cost of the team is going to be like down the road. Yeah. 
and just because I now finally have it in front of me, Lourdes made fifty-four million or five point four million dollars last year. So, okay, traded that for you know two guys got three million back in your pocket. It didn't suck. <laughs> yeah, I know that baseball teams seem like they have all the money in the world at this point, but especially you would think the Blue Jays do, seeing they're owned by a media company. That media company makes nothing but profit from all this stuff. Oh, sorry, that's all another day topic. <laughs> 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 Sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> they have Steve Cohen money, and they just don't want to spend it on the Blue Jays. Just saying. <laughs> but I do think that regardless, that no Blue Jays teams, unless you're the Mets and have a giant pile of money, the Yankees aren't even playing with this kind of money anymore. And you're trying to figure this whole how do we throw enough free agents in with the core and keep it going like this and turning the tide in and out, which is why I'm surprised that Cashman's still the general manager of the Yankees after all these years, because I don't think he knows how to do that part. Just saying. <laughs> but to that, I think the Blue Jays are playing with house money here and are able to get this whole thing figured out. And making smart moves like this, like I said, I initially I was caught off guard, moved into this whole thing. Well, I'm actually completely calm with it, loving the idea. And I think the thing we all haven't hit on this whole thing is this spells Dolph. This spells a great outfield that doesn't have George Springer playing center field every day, which was, I believe, Ken, either your goal or Jason's goal for this offseason was to get him, get Springer into one of the corners. <laughs> yeah, I think it was something we all, it was a theme we all kind of agreed upon, like you said, because I was always wondering what's wrong with Springer at center. And then you guys educated me on, okay, he's great here and there, but uh, certain things, it's probably better that we put him in either left or right. Right. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> and health too, health. health as well. So now we he's got a great center fielder. Just yeah. I want him to stay on the field and hit. Yeah. I need him to hit. Now we got <laughs> I'll say Captain Expendable in the middle <laughs> in the center field with Kiermeyer. If he can stay on the field, great. But now you've got a nice safety net to that point where you can put Barsha in center if you need him or whoever at that point. I think the next piece is they gotta figure out who that fourth outfielder is, whether it's bringing somebody like Tapia back or finding that next guy. Well, I know there's some rumors of like AJ Pollock being considered someone that the Jay should really pursue. So, I mean, I'm kind of curious about that as well. Like he's, and he's a center fielder. So like who is like right now we have our, looks like we said the three players, we have Meyer, Varsho and Springer in the outfield. So who are the other backup outfielders that we currently have? I think you said Biggio, Merriweather were, might be a couple. Is that right? Those would be probably the current backup outfielders. David, do you got anybody off the top of your head that you're thinking that would be anything different? Merrifield could definitely play field field or digital quarters. (laughs) (laughs) But to that point, um, I think we talked about that too, Ken, at this point, that those guys are being forced into those positions. They're not true outfielders is the other catch. So they happen to be able to play there, which is great, but Maybe it would be a good idea to have a fourth real outfielder on this bench, kind of like we had Ramil Tapia. How many games did he make it into last year? It was slightly nuts. I think he made it into 90-something games last year between Springer being hurt and then trying to rotate him in and out of the DH spot and all that kind of good stuff that happened throughout the season. He's a very colorful player, that Tapia. I was, you know, when we lost him as well, I was like, oh, I thought that was someone that we were going to, you know, Give him more. He got a lot of reps here, and hopefully, we're going to see how what he's going to do next season. But I guess Atkins and Shapiro decided something else with with uh, Tapia. I think at the time it was probably one of those things that they just didn't want to worry about paying him, and they had other moves to make first. I think they were happy to settle maybe with him, but to that point, they're still not at that ready to settle with him. And he's currently still a major league baseball free agent, and does have enough things that did would help this team. Like I said, he's not much above replacement level, but. He found his way to come up with some key pieces for the Blue Jays this past season. Could he reproduce that on a one-year contract again? I don't think there's a bad thing about one-year contracts. If you want to spend it on somebody like Romeo Tapia or Kevin Kiermeyer <laughs> and things like that, it can only, worst case scenario, it's money for one season and you move on. You're not stuck with it for three, four seasons like some of these guys. <laughs> So, David, we're trying to get Craig a Kermire jersey for, for next season. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he helps oh. us win the World Series, Craig is digging his heels in. He's not going to wear it or anything like that. But <laughs> never know. Never know. 
to put that in perspective, David, I uh, more or less said I would rather buy certain old hated Blue Jay jerseys first. Like, I'd rather go out and buy a Colby Rasmus. I'd rather go out and buy a Jose Cruz. <laughs> I'd rather sell these guys. I was like, I need money before Kevin Kiermaier jersey. I'm not having it. I still, the problem is, I, regardless of how good a player he could be, to me, he's hurt too often, and he still stole from us. <laughs> <laughs> so. so you would wear a J.P. Ricciardi shirt over a Kiermaier shirt? Ooh, now you're really hurting me. That's what I'm That's saying. That's not I'm a just, player. That's not I'm a just, player. That's not a player, <laughs> but if we get a custom J.P. Ricciardi jersey, man, just saying, you oh. never know. I might wear that just to be that guy at the ballpark that just gets that as initiating conversation. <laughs> really? You're wearing that? That's exactly the reaction I want to do. Thank you. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Interesting. So, so Craig, what is your take on, on Powell? And, and David, I'm going to throw this out to you as well. Like, I mean, projection-wise, Powell seems to be a guy that could potentially hit almost 20 home runs, around 60-ish RBIs for 2023. Is that someone that we should be going after? He's obviously, he's been in the league for since what? Looks like 2012. So he's not yeah. like he's a spring chicken. So I don't know if we decide to pursue him, how many more years we could get out of him. Maybe a one-year, maybe a two-year. What do you guys think? I think they're going to have to give him two years. Two years? And I don't know if the Blue Jays want to pay for A.J. Pollock for two seasons. Yeah. How much is he worth right now? I was surprised when I read the article earlier. I think they said that the Fangrass projection website thing said that, that he should be making two years, 22 million. Really? That's more than Kevin Kiermaier. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to get off this Kiermaier train. Oh, boy. I thought we got through this already. You started. No, <laughs> I mean, he is David, a better hitter. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. David, what are you thinking about AJ Pollock? I'd love to have him. I really would. I don't know if the, it's in the cards. Definitely has a playoff experience of playing with Dodgers. It would be a great <laughs> And you know, so, like, Adam Duvall is out there. He's someone who led the league in RBI. He's a two years ago. Still three. You know what he's talking yep. about him. Uh, Jerrison Profar is a nice switch hitter. Veteran. He's got himself there. Profar is an interesting one because I had him in my fantasy baseball team, sure, but. It sure as shit wasn't because of his uh, batting average this past season, I can tell you that. But he came up big for the Oakland A's in a lot of places. The reason that they actually went on that decent winning streak for one point there, he just kept hitting. So there was a good, I want to say there was a week that he won the American League Player of the Week this past season. He hit four home runs in that week. Paul's the guy that looked, no, Profar. Profar. Jerkson Profar. So, <laughs> I if it was to dip, up to me to make that decision, I think I'm looking for one of those guys. That's more of a one year deal. As much as like I said, I like Pollock, but at the age of 35 is the other catch. Do you want to give him two years? <laughs> if they can talk him down, great because he does spell everything the Blue Jays need. Somebody just the flip flop of our show mashes lefty pitching. <laughs> so. <laughs> There's enough there to uh, be very interested about. But to that point, I thought this was interesting is I just had Tapia's war number in front of me, and I'm now looking at AJ Pollock. Guess who matches uh, according to the war wins above replacement number? <laughs> and we're talking about Tapia definitely only gets a one year from somebody, and AJ Pollock gets two without even thinking about it. <laughs> they look on paper like the same player last year. <laughs> it's kind of nuts. <laughs> So it's it's ten years. Yeah. AJ Pollock's been a great player for an extended amount of time, where Tapia has been very ups and downsy in his five six years. How, how long has Tapia been in the league? I thought I guess because like I said, I haven't really followed him. How long has he been with Tapia? Like two seconds. Yeah, seven seasons. Seven. Okay. So yeah, he's still he's... played eleven. Yeah. So, he's... so there would be your difference plus. Pollock has played at an MVP level, kind of like player back when he was with the Diamondbacks and things like that. So he's been in the outfield conversation as one of the better outfielders until like the last three, four seasons. Yeah, he's averaging almost every 20 home runs and stuff like that almost every season, it looks like from 2018. I was like, wow, it's getting, it's getting close. But uh, last season, you know, he only hit 14. I don't know if that's, uh, it seems like he played a lot of games. 30-ish games off. So let's see if he can produce that. I mean, like I said, he's not a J yet. So I guess I'm not, I'm just kind of pontificating to see. It's like, 
could he could he make a difference? Right? They have him pegged at almost twenty home runs for twenty twenty three. So we could use those twenty home runs. <laughs> I'm shocked by that number. What projection site are you looking at? I'm all excited. I'm looking at baseball-references.com, and I guess oh, there you go. Right, that's the one. And that's one of my favorites. Yep, they're saying 63 RBIs, batting average of almost 260. You know, so it's like okay, he's not, he's not. We didn't, we're not going to get him for speed. He's only got pretend, pretending yeah. most likely six. He's passed. Right, so. I'm actually shocked now that I have that in front of me that it says it's also an 80% reliability, too. <laughs> Explain that stat to me, Craig. That's how, how, how confident in that number they are. Oh, okay. Good so, to know. You know, you, you look up lads, it's closer to them just looking at what he's done the last three years, and they're bam, and they'll say like 90, 100%, or right. <laughs> things like that. So, but to that point, I... I do like some of those other names that you had mentioned, David, and um, I think Profar is one of those ones that they probably are curious about. You said Profar, Pollock, and then there was one other guy, Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall. That would be a fun one because that's a guy that can just come out and mash. <laughs> so, but to that point, he fell off the radar like a, I don't even know, <laughs> like a blip all of a sudden after last year. He played with the Marlins, right? With the Marlins, then he got traded to the Braves. And that's when that's where he that's where he picked it back up with the Braves a little bit. Started with them in the World Series, and then had a horrible last season. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, two thirteen. Yeah, I'd say that yeah, was pretty rough. Negative one and a negative point one WAR last year. <laughs> but to seeing Ken's having the one that's gotten fun with projections. <laughs> Um, they're projecting him with a 79% reliability, hitting 21 home runs and having 60 RBIs this year. Rovar? Uh, Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall? Okay. So Interesting. Wait, how old is Adam Javar? Now that, Javar, sorry. Now that you said, because uh, we got 11 seasons already with Paul with Pollock, right? So what's the... Uh... <laughs> He's in the middle of Tapia and whatnot, but he's got nine seasons in the majors. And okay. <clears throat> to what David had mentioned, he's had some... Very upsy downsy years over the last few years. It's kind of like riding the Jose Barrios train, going huh? good, ah! yeah. <laughs> you know. As much as I love Barrios, so consistency's got definitely going to be an for issue sure. if we decide to go with any one of these guys. Well, except for uh, Pollock, I think I think is a little bit more steady from what I from what it looks like here. So, uh, if we go with someone else, like you said, uh, we don't want the roller coaster. <clears throat> we want a straight like drive. Point? You know. <laughs> I would say that too, but you also got a guy that um in Adam Duvall who's won a gold glove. So there is that. He was an all star way back in twenty sixteen. David, was it you that mentioned that he led the league in RBIs as recent as twenty twenty one? Yeah. That's an enticing number right there because that gold glove help. Gold glove. He won a gold glove in that year. Yeah. <laughs> so this is recent history. This isn't talking, you know. <laughs> glory days of Adam Duvall. This is honestly quite intriguing. I honestly didn't even think about his name until you brought that up, David. So that was, that's a cool one. That one honestly would spell proper things for the Blue Jays, I think. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious that you're looking at the 2021 season here. Got fi- the 55, he got 55 games. He hit 16 home runs. That's <laughs> so <ow. laughs> that's <pretty> good, actually. <laughs> kind of surprising seeing he had almost a, he had a whole year to do that the year before and he only had 22 yeah. <laughs> so so sorry why was this production cut so, so you only played 55 games last year what, was he injured sorry oh no it was uh the year before that the shortened one. Oh, the shortened season okay that's why oh no, sorry that was 2020 that was a shortened season right so that that's when he had... oh i'm looking at this wrong okay. Tw- the baseball reference has is the totals for 2021 split oh Okay. So I, that was just the a time in Atlanta. Atlanta. That was just a time in Atlanta. He had 38 home runs that season in 146 games. So thank you. <laughs> like that if production. you were able to throw a brick of money at those guys, David, that we were just talking about, who are you, uh, who are you paying for for a one-year deal? I like Profar. He's very versatile. play all over the field. He's much hitter. Infield, but... outfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he very uh, right-handed? Better, he, like he hits righties like a ton better than he hits lefties or something like that. I'm not 
sure exactly what it's supposed to be. I'm thinking of him as, sadly, I'm thinking of him as MLB the show character, and I remember him <laughs> having like a 20 contact rating against one or the other, and I can't remember which one it was because it was the exact opposite on the other one. So, nerd. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious now. So he has 259 against left and 237. That's actually not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> so, for a guy that hits, you know, 240, 250. <laughs> but I mean, only against lefties, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, right there, Shrek. Excuse me. <laughs> you guys made me laugh while I'm shrinking. <laughs> all I said was put him against lefties. That's all I heard. <laughs> so, anyway, he um he does spell success for this team. And to your point, it's like having an, uh, another Kevin Biggio that can actually hit at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Kevin Biggio succeed just as much as anybody else. But... Yeah, I was going to say, like, I was looking at his production. I was like, man, he's got to be, uh, I was expecting, you know, with that whole Biggio, Bichette thing, you know, they're the kind of, you know, really phenomenal players based out of Houston back then. I thought, okay, yeah, that's going to be great. We have Biggio and Bichette. Bichette seems to be rising right now. Biggio doesn't seem to be, like, uh, doesn't seem to be steady as much. So I'm not too sure what, what, what the issue is, right? So is he not in the right position? Is he not in the right order, in the batting order? succeed or what is it i think it's mental <laughs> i think so <laughs> i think he's been seeing what vlad and bichette have done well the, the three of them were the three amigos all the way through the Maya leagues and all of a sudden he sees them take off and he hasn't been able to stay healthy so he's trying to you know overcompensate hurry up and catch up yeah i think somebody like schneider is going to help him calm down and have a good season i really do but we'll see I would really, really like the Lansing Lug Nuts hat that I have with all three of their autographs on it to be like worth a bajillion dollars because they're all Hall of Famers. <laughs> but to that point, I'm keeping that. That's mine. <laughs> Unless they give you another one. There is that. <laughs> but to that point, um, traveling around for this show in uh, J-Serial back in the day, I got very good friends with uh, the Lansing Lug Nuts uh, announcer, Jesse Goldberg's Rossler, who is now, uh, funny enough, he actually got a promotion up to the major leagues for one series against the Red Sox last year while their real road announcer was traveling. So I thought that was really cool. He got to go to Fenway Park. It's like uh, how uh, Wagner got promoted from the Buffalo Bisons to be the Blue Jays announcer. It was really cool. <laughs> so I went and visited him while I was traveling for work one day. I was in Lansing, and I'm like, hey, you know, want to grab a beer after the ball game? And he goes, why don't you just come to the game? Little did I know he was going to be like, let me up in the press food box and just hang out and <laughs> goof around. But class act guy. And to that point, I met Vlad, Bo, and Vigio during that trip, just hanging out with him during batting practice and stuff, um, just right behind the dugout and chit chat and talking baseball. And I had my hat on. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I'm here, please. I'm a fan. You guys are awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Toronto, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm just signing my lug nuts hat, and I got it on the mantle in my bat in my uh my den. So, with a Boba Shet, Lansing lug nuts bobblehead, and a Vladdy Buffalo Bison's <laughs> one, so okay. gotta have the old ones. But like I said, I'm a minor league nerd. When I was writing for the uh, James Journal, I was the minor league writer, so I wasn't allowed to do anything else. Thanks to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> So, but anyways, I digress. I think that Vigio does have a chance to have a good season and move forward with it. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. And everything, he could be the right, the uh, fourth outfielder and just really solidify that idea. Just get him away from second and maybe with Merrifield here, that's where you go. He could be, he could be a salvageable corner outfielder. I really don't think it's a problem. And then now that you have our show to play center on those days where Kiermaier's not there, you can kind of keep doing this <laughs> kind of like thing, keep moving everybody around. Work. Really. What your thoughts are? <laughs> so I just don't know where Vigil is going to play consistently. You going to play ahead of Espinal? Going to play again ahead of Barcho and left? Going to play ahead of Chapman and the Okay. And that's why I was thinking maybe backup outfielder is not a bad role because, like you said, Espinal is the backup second baseman for Merrifield, if not the starter right now. It's going to be interesting where spring training comes at that position. So, good good stuff. Hmm. Um, anyway, seeing it's approaching the 8 o'clock hour here, I wanted to make sure we gave David his uh, 
shameless self-promoting a few minutes here as far as being the Jay's Journal guest here this evening. Um, David, you've been writing some interesting articles, and uh, obviously a lot of them have been about the things we've been chit-chatting around. But right now, uh, being the off-season, these are some of the kind of fun countdowns that we usually do on this show as well, especially when news is weak. (laughs) Thankfully, we have this week something that's a huge topic to talk about. Um, As far as talking with who's the best Blue Jays third baseman, and I think you said shortstops for a couple of your articles over the past week. Do you want to lay it out? So for third baseman, I went with the obvious, Josh Donaldson, number one. <laughs> the MVP, bring it yeah. rain, not shocked. Checking <laughs> how some partial trades reminds me of the Dawson trade. Trade Brett Laurie, hometown kid, uh-huh. by the fan base. And get Dawson, who actually had a down year in Oakland last year. Yeah. The one part of that trade that nobody knows about is we actually had to send like a truck full of Red Bull with Brett Laurie to Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, and I'm assuming somewhere down that list, there's some other key names, including one of the guys here that Ken has got a, you know, man crush on from the glory days <laughs> in the third base with all bar, bar, ballpark. <laughs> Go ahead, David. Randy here. Where does number Kelly two. Gruber stand? <laughs> I put him at number two. Ah, yes. ah, there it is. <laughs> Had a Ed Sprague. And... <laughs> Ed Sprague was good. Yeah, he was. Ed Sprague was. Everybody forgets how good he was in those few years, like where Pat Hankin and Roger Clemens were winning the Cy Youngs and whatnot. It wasn't just the '92 home run for Ed Sprague. There was some. Yeah, I think he had solid. another decent season, like afterwards, too. He was also a, a, like the top ba- third baseman for the Jays, right? I want to say it was like 97, maybe yeah, David. 96. Didn't he hit 40 home runs one year? That's 36, what I'm saying. That 36 home runs, which, yeah. which was a franchise record for third baseman at the time. So, yeah, until uh, Josh Donaldson obliterates it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, Two years in a row, by the way. <laughs> Trey actually has the most career starts at third baseman for Blue Jays. Oh, really? And of course, That's actually quite that. impressive. I didn't know that. I figured Kelly Gruber would have ranked highly on that list, too. 808 starts. Wow. Oh. That's sorry that that was that was the third base. What about the shortstop, uh, David? Shortstops, I went with of course the late great Tony Fernandez. There you go, shocking. <laughs> Another wow. fan favorite. What's that point? Tony Fernandez should have a few chances in this veterans community world that we live in for the baseball Hall of Fame to actually get on that ballot and get into that Hall of Fame. So yeah, I heard someone yeah. say once that Tony Fernandez was Ozzy Smith with a worse public. <laughs> <laughs> that's so right on the nose it's not even funny yeah and then and honestly if he played if you swap those two around you know ozzy plays in toronto and tony, tony plays in st uh, louis st louis it would probably look eerily similar <laughs> yeah wow. just, you know it wouldn't shock me because tony fernandez was a gold glove perennial and wow that's that's very interesting david that's a good one yeah, that's a really good one I remember being really upset when we lost McGriff and Fernandez for uh, Carter and Alomar at the time. But, As uh, most people were, actually. Well, that's what I'm kind of... Nobody knew who Robbie was. Yeah. <laughs> really successful. So who was the next best, uh, David? I know we're just about time here. I just want to make sure we get that top I three or two. I put Bo at number two and Alfredo Griffin at number three. Alfredo Griffin, I remember him. Yeah. We haven't had the best of luck with shortstops over the years. Hence the reason Tony Fernandez came back, what, five times? <laughs> Our, oh, sorry, sorry. He came back four times. He was already on the team the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's good stuff, David. Um, before we close out the show, tell Blue Jays fans, obviously, in addition to being on jaysherald.com, uh, where they can find you on social media and whatnot so they know where to find you. Find me at David Salatero on Twitter. Well, I post all my articles there and all kind of all kind of great stats. Uh, Jason Sark likes all my stuff. He even put me in his article a couple of times. Nice. So he's even commented by the the Stark. The yeah. Stark. <laughs> I still have some gripes with his prospects list every year, but to that point, he ends up being usually more right than he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very good Blue Jay writer, though, if anybody's followed him, too. So um doesn't get as much credit as Blue Jay's writing goes because he's known for his ESPN fun. But, David, 
It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, as I do our own shameless self-promoting here, um, we do a little Blue Jay tribute to Caleb Joseph at the end of every show and do two claps at Ric Flair. So we'll count that down and let you join in on that. Um, but until next week, Blue Jays fans, where we will have more Toronto Blue Jays fun for you here in the Toronto Blue Jays barroom chat that it's Jaybird watching. Um, Find us on wherever you can find your your podcasting pleasures from, along with our live shows here on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, you, uh, whatever. <laughs> All of those fun social media places. We are at Birdwatching GC. And until next week, fellas, I guess that's it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We missed the comment from Shane. Just post oh, it. Just go. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess we better hurry up and yeah, get read up that Shane is the uh, kicks. <laughs> The cost was high, but I think checks sometime or checks some big time boxes replaces Tay Oscar. Yep, Guriel has none. Lefty bat, way to bit better defense. There you go. I think that sums up the Dalton Bar Show thing in a nutshell. Our defense is going to be something nuts in the fact that yeah, we don't have major league shifting anymore. We yeah. got three of the fastest outfielders that you can humanly buy in the outfield because you have literally three center fielders now that can play all those fields. So it's going to be very interesting. So, Shane, thank you very much for the shot, shout out on that too. And I'm sorry we missed your comment. Although you had to sneak it in right before the buzzer. I'm sorry. <laughs> all good. All good. Thanks, Shane. So, on that note, guys, um, as we are the official Jaybird watching uh, or the official Jay's Journal podcast, uh, let's get this the two claps and a Ric Flair. One, two, three. Woo! Go, Blue go Jays, go. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch at BirdWatchingGC and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining it to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.